Awesome Heavenly Father, as we come to your word, please would your King lead us into praise? Would your word and grace lead us into eternal thankfulness? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. A very old and a very wise old Christian, a Christian brother, once said, in any and in every situation, believing Christians are praising Christians. What fuels our praise? In short, it's the gospel. So is the good news of King Jesus making us joyful? Have we found it easy this week to praise God for his amazing rescue? Uh, A church pastor uh, received a letter from a church member that said this. Dear pastor, I just wanted to take the opportunity to encourage and thank you for your selection of hymns in the service. It has been a continuous source of encouragement and a powerful vehicle for God's comforting grace in my life and the life of my family. God has used these hymns to change my emotions and build new affections for the truth. It is a joy for me to sing these songs. These songs have helped me anchor my soul in the gospel. How awesome it is to take some of the most complex and mind-bending truths of the Bible and put them in something as organic to the soul as a song. When I am struggling and my mind is foggy, My memory is cloudy and my thinking is skewed. In a moment when the feelings of doubt suffocate me, or the feeling of guilt over my sins crushes me, or the anxiety I feel daily troubles me, the Lord uses these songs to softly and gently remind me of the beauty of the truth. These songs about God's great rescue, God's good news of Jesus, helps make this man sing. From days where he's feeling low and desperate, where there is weeping through the night, to days where life is currently great. Life is coming at you easy as you live on easy street. He's learning to sing exuberant praise, and that is the mood of Psalm 30. No matter what sort of day the believer is having, God's people can cling to the cross and learn to sing with great jubilation, all because of the life-changing, eternal good news that God's King, Jesus, died and he rose again. Psalm 30 is a joyful song of David, of God's King. And you can see at the top, it says, at the dedication of the temple, or a slightly more accurate word would be that of the house. Uh, In 2 Samuel chapter 7, King David had wanted to build a temple, a house, for God. Uh, God said that ultimately it would be David's son, Solomon, who would build the temple. So maybe this song, written by David, was used at the dedication of the temple by Solomon. Uh, Because of all that David had done, so heavily invested with the original temple, in the preparations, getting the materials, the finances, the workmen, the plans... But the word house could also mean the house that God promises David in 2 Samuel chapter 7. And not a house of bricks and wood, but a kingdom. And not just any kingdom, but God's everlasting kingdom. 
an offspring from David's house, who God would establish and who would reign as God's forever king. Either way, this is a song of overwhelming praise to the Lord God, who keeps his promises, and he's the Lord God who rescues from the grave. Verses 1 to 5, praise the Lord who rescues from the grave. Follow along verse 1. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cry to you for help and you have healed me. O Lord, you have brought up my soul from Sheol. You restored me to life from among those who go down to the pit. Do you notice three times David writes, you have. He is beyond a doubt that the Lord God has done great things for him. Verse 1, the king will lift up praise to the Lord God for or because God had, God had drawn him up from the depth of the darkness of a deep well. And in doing so, David's enemies cannot gloat over him. Verse 2, David cried out in prayer to the Lord God for help, and the Lord God heard and rescued him. David cried out probably because he was sick. Uh, it sounds a little bit worse than man flu because David, verse 3, is close to death. Oh Lord, you've brought me up from Sheol. Sheol being the Hebrew word for the grave. So David was so potentially sick that he is close to being six foot under. And so he cried out to the Lord God for help. And the Lord God mercifully heard David's request and healed David. It truly is a stunning and beautiful image given in these verses, isn't it? The Lord God who hears and mercifully draws up David from the bottom of a deep and dark well, restoring David to life from the grave. Uh, Gemma and I recently watched an episode of Grand Designs. Yes, you can judge me for that. Um, our local pub landlord, Greg, uh, he took an old dilapidated building, in uh, an old barn in Seven Oaks, and he turned it into a very nice home. But more than that, it was he and his wife's battle with cancer uh, that had caused the emotions to be stirred. I mean, it's why these programs resonate with the audience, uh, with Car SOS, with Tim and Fuzz, uh, Ground Force, if you're old enough to remember that, uh, DIY SOS that should come with its own health warning, for dehydration, whether it's someone or a home or whatever it is that's being restored back to health, where the broken find restoration, well, there is great praise to be given. It's the same reason why the Marvel comic universe films of the last decade have been so successful. Uh, the creator, Stan Lee, he created those characters to feel human. From Iron Man to Spider-Man, it's all a story of pain and suffering, hitting the lows, before finding hope and restoration. David had been on the brink, yet the Lord God rescues from the grave. The God of life, giving life to those who are dying in the pit. And that is where these verses find great fulfillment in God's good news. In Jesus, we find God's king who went to the pit, to the grave, 
And the Lord God brought him up and restored him to life. And now God's king praises the Lord God who did this for him. But notice how the king doesn't want this resurrection song to be a solo. Verse 4, have a look down. Sing praises to the Lord, O you his saints, and give thanks to his holy name. As David sang praise for resurrection life, he called for all the people of God to join in. And as Jesus sings praise for resurrection life, he calls for the people of God to join in. God's king is joined in by all of the saints, that is, all of God's people. Those who have received his grace and mercy sing praise and give thanks. For or because, verse 5, his anger is for a moment, his favour is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. God can be angry with his people, but anger is never the final word. It is for a moment. Joy is always on the way for those who trust in God, in his favour, his grace that lasts forever. President Biden quoted verse 5 in his inauguration speech. In talking about the pandemic, he quotes verse 5. The Bible says, I'll stop. The Bible says, weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. We will get through this together. Together. It's a great verse to cling on to, to memorize with your family. These verses have and will continue to encourage God's people to get through bad days. But President Biden doesn't have the power to resurrect 400,000 people from the dead. See, that is where these verses find their power and their meaning when kept in the context of God's great rescue. Because, again, it is at the cross of God's King where Jesus suffered, where he experienced the full anger of God for a moment, But in King Jesus' resurrection, he produces overwhelming, everlasting joy for both him and for his people. No other world leaders, no other governments, no other religions can offer this resurrection life. Allow me to be blunt for just a moment, but Gandhi is dead. Muhammad, dead. Charles Darwin, Buddha, dead. Jesus was dead. He was buried. But to quote Shailin, Jesus is alive. To quote the Bible, Jesus is alive. He's the only one who can offer joy and resurrection life. And it is in this good news, in God's rescue, that Christians rejoice. For those of us who are listening who know the weeping and the loneliness of verse 5, the mourning of verse 11, keep trusting Jesus. The night may be long. In God's providence, some will weep through the nights more than others, but mourning will come. Joy will come. Hold on to his promises that are yes in King Jesus. Cling to his cross and patiently and prayerfully wait for the morning.
Because whether it's relief in this life, when sadness or pain is removed, trust that surely and ultimately this will come when King Jesus comes back and makes all things new, where death itself will be removed and resurrection life will be enjoyed. How utterly glorious it is when the faithful old believer lays on their deathbed and can sing, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Or why the Christian's funeral can be filled with joyful singing. Lo, Jesus meets us, risen from the tomb. Lovingly he greets us, scatters fear and gloom. Let the church with gladness hymns of triumph sing. For her Lord now liveth. Death has lost its sting. Glorious, good news, rescue that is in Jesus brings great praise to the God who brings life to those who are in the pit. And so in every situation, believing Christians are praising Christians. What fuels our praise? It is the gospel. So we learn to sing these truths of who God is and what he has done. Even in terrible days, we can learn to praise the Lord God, who loves to replace anger with mercy, weeping with joy. But it wasn't just the pit where David needed the grace of God. He needed it too when things were going well. Verses 6 to 12, praise the Lord, who rescues from prosperity. Follow along in verse 6. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. By your favour, O Lord, you made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face and I was dismayed. This is a psalm that was written when life was good. Yes, David had been close to death, but now he's well. Then the Lord God had set his king on his holy mountain. If an Englishman's home is his castle, well, David has trumped that with God's mountain. God's king, ruling God's people, in God's place, his city. David had unshakable security. Doesn't that just sound nice? Isn't that the sort of life that we all want to live? But in David's ease... His faith became complacent. He became proud. He put too much confidence in his wealth, in his comfort, in his self-reliance. He had forgotten the truth of verse 7. By your favour, O Lord, you made my mountain stand strong. It wasn't by David's wisdom, not by his strength, not because he was super good at his investment portfolio, It was by God's grace. You made my mountain stand strong. And what was true for David is still true for God's people today. Security, pride, complacency are a huge danger for us. It is true for me living in comfortable, royal Tunbridge Wells. My kids go to a good school. We're generally coping okay with lockdown. We've been able to pay the monthly mortgage payment and bills. I'm wearing good quality clothes, thank you for noticing. I drive a a middle-class family car. My my house is dosed in shades of beige. 
I'm serving at a church that has a good reputation, and I'm currently knocking the socks off Psalm 30. Well done, me. See how quickly I am to pat myself on the back, because I've got life nailed down. But actually, the truth is that I find it hard to praise God when things are going well. It is easy to forget that it is by God's favour that I have life and breath and everything else. And the Bible says that's a dangerous place to be. God opposes the proud. The displeased Lord, verse 7, he hid his face from David. He wants to shake David from his self-confidence, to burst his bubble, to remind David that ultimately, even the greatest of humans are nothing but dust. In God hiding his face, David's eyes were opened to a new crisis and it drove him to cry out and respond appropriately in prayer. Have a look down at verse 8. To you, O Lord, I cry. To the Lord I plead for mercy. What profit is there in my death if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my helper. As David had been weak and in the pit, relying on the Lord God to save, verse 1, well, again, David needs to call out, like a dying man, to solely rely on the Lord God for mercy. What gain would there be if he dies? Will the dust praise the Lord God? David means that it is better for God to rescue so that David can speak of and praise the Lord God for his faithfulness. It would be out of character for God to take away David's life before God had fulfilled the promise of an eternal kingdom under David's throne. And David had been created to bring glory. In fact, it is the reason that all humanity is here on this earth. The opening question of the 1648 Westminster Catechism is this. What is the chief end of man? Answer, man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Why are you here on this earth? It is to praise and glorify the one true God. But it is only those who have cast themselves into the grace of and mercy and forgiveness of the loving God who can praise him and who can tell others of a restored relationship with the Lord God. But let us not forget the truth of Jesus in this psalm because unlike David, he himself had no pride and yet at the king's cross, his father's face was hidden from him so that the proud could receive forgiveness. It was for my pride that he bled and died. And not only mine, but for all who have turned from their self-confidence and put their trust in the Lord Jesus. So have you? Have you humbled yourself before the merciful Lord God? Have you cried out to him for his forgiveness? And maybe you're someone who's exploring the Christian faith, trying to work out what this is all about, who this Jesus guy is. 
Well, then please don't miss that opportunity to join the next Christianity Explored course uh, starting in March. Uh, All details will be on the church website. Dive in, take a look, ask your questions. Find out about the Lord Jesus. David asked, verse 9, What profit is there in my death? Answer, none. But what profit is there in Jesus' death? There is much. And it is in this good news of King Jesus where we find never-ending and overflowing joy. Verse 11 and 12, follow along. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. That my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Uh, Leo Sayer sang that you make me feel like dancing. I'm going to dance the night away. But the good news of Psalm 30 lasts much longer than a night. It's the good news that flipped, turned David upside down. God's gospel, his mercy, his grace that changes everything from sad face to happy face. From mourning to dancing, sackcloth to gladness, death to life. Grace that turns David away from glorifying himself to verse 12, rightfully praising the glorious and merciful Lord God. I will give thanks to you forever. And again, this finds great and joyful fulfillment in God's everlasting King. Those who are found in Jesus, whose confidence and security is in his death and resurrection, we too will give thanks to him forever. Praise my soul, the King of heaven. To his feet your tribute bring. Ransom, healed, restored, forgiven. Who like me his praise shall sing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the everlasting King. See, praise and prayer are a wonderful antidote to our pride. It refocuses our hearts and our minds back to God's grace. So play gospel songs in your house. Sing praise in your car. Sing it out loud in your shower. Turn to his word and pray and sing in those truths. Remind yourself and remind each other of what King Jesus has done for his people. And let us learn to delight in the Lord God, whether in a good day or a bad, with exuberant praise. Because in every situation, believing Christians are praising Christians. What fuels our praise? It is the gospel. So, sing praises to the Lord, O you his saints. Give thanks to his holy name, for his anger is but for a moment. His favour is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. In Jesus' name, amen.